Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right here in my sad frowny face. Really? Yeah. So I've been not- I've been noticing like this right here, right? Is getting yeah. more and more. It's yeah. getting more and more defined. Um, right. Because they call I've those lost- um, they call those marionette lines. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> that is so offensive. Because like cause now I like would like to moves my lips and stuff. And, like, <laughs> um, and I've been like, oh my god, that's new and. I was like, well, what is that? And it turns out it's just an old person. It's an old person face. <laughs> I'm just getting old people things happening to me. So the lucky for us, here's the thing. A uh, plus side of having a chubby face is that you look young, right? Mm-hmm. Like you look young. For the most part, nobody would believe that you're 40, almost 41. I don't know. I don't know why we keep bringing up the, the age, but yes. <laughs> I got carded recently. Ooh, was it out of obligation? Uh no, I was buying heroin and needed to know. So um the nice thing about having chubby cheeks is that you always look youthful, but the downside is that at some point gravity does take its toll yeah. and it starts to shift these fuckers down. And when it starts to shift it down, you get these yucky marionette lines. And then on top of that, as you know, we already have resting bitch, like resting sad face from yeah. our mother. Mm-hmm. And so I already had like kind of a downturned mouth and now it's getting worse. And so I got some Botox right here at the edge of my um, lips at the bottom by my chin. I had some Botox here. I got some by my eyes. I got some on my forehead yesterday, but it didn't, well, it's, say, it's not say doing this. anything until a week from now. Oh, really? I was going to say you look lovely, but then I noticed that. There's barely any light in your room. There's no light. I've There's turned no. my I've turned my office into a very zen space. I've got this candles oh, I like it. Yeah. situation behind me. Mm-hmm. It smells really nice in here. As you know, there's a day bed in this room as well. So I've been just like listening to slow music and reading in here. I don't know. While why. you wait for the resting hangdog face to reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who comes in here is going to be like, why are you so sad? You're going to be like, it's just my face. 
anyway uh, um yeah so so yeah that's gonna happen and then you know you've got some pretty it's weird for me to say this but you've got some shapely lips oh thank you yeah they've <laughs> been always very shapely it's they're like um upside down i think if you look at my lips they really are like the top <laughs> lip is should be really my bottom lip I don't no know no 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 that's good they're juicy though they are juicy, but you know what else is going to happen is when the jowls pull down, they're pull also down. going to pull down with it the, your top lip, and it's just going to curl under. Is Aging it really is the worst? Yeah, it really is. What if you? What if you got some lip injections? I don't need them yet. Maybe down the line. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, down the line, I don't. See I got carded not. recently. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, that was only because of the heroin. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I got carded in the same week that I hurt my hips. My hips. Uh, <laughs> that is an officially an injury that I now sustain are hips. And is you know bruised? from what? From No, it wasn't. I'll send you pics. I'll DM you pics. I, I don't want um, <laughs> um, No, it was just from running. I ran. I played football after like three months. I felt really good. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up on Monday morning and I was like, this is a new pain. And it's a pain on both sides. And I was like, my hips are hurting. Okay, well, somebody from an inside source on the field said that you actually got hurt because you fell on your butt. That was, first of all, that I play football on Sunday. Okay. And then I play basketball on Wednesday. Wednesday, Mm -hmm. I I actually broke my butt, I think, a little bit. Um, (laughs) I I just tripped over my feet and I didn't have anything to like brace my fall. And I felt Uh right on the side. Oh, Um, man. So you already bad. had the hip pain, and then on top yep. of that, you got you broke your butt. I thought I broke my butt, but I went to my stretch session today, and <laughs> we we uh, found that the pain was actually in the glute, in the glute oh. muscle. So okay, oh, he went I... to oh oh he went to town on my glute. Okay, with the gun and the stretching, it was amazing. Okay, I recently saw a video on TikTok, and I was like, I don't think this is safe for work. Is there was a man on his stomach and it was like a, you know, one of those, chi- have you seen the chiropractor videos on TikTok? Yeah, where they're like, they're so the, funny. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, one, two. And then they like smash the person's back. Right. Anyway, this person was a part the patient was laying on their stomach and the, um, the service provider had their hand like in their crack and yeah. it looked like they were like really like anchoring from their butthole. Uh-huh. And they were literally popping their butthole, uh-huh. like popping the gas. Is that what happened to you? No, it's not what happened. Oh. I mean, he was just, he just, he went to town on the side of my butt with a Theragun. Mm-hmm. So lots of pulsating, lots of pulsating, lots of sensation in places that it, I've never felt sensation before. Um, and then he, he stretched me out um, real is good. The, is the stretch lab like basically like going to the chiropractor? I think pretty much. Um, I think it's just, you know, uh, it you feels it? like I've I've only... No, what? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, because when you get a massage, you're naked. Yeah, it's not a massage. Okay. Um, you just... It's just like active stretching. So you have to... It feels... So I wear, wear like workout clothes, which is so silly. Like okay. I wear like my leggings well, but, and stuff because I want well, to Well, you're not going to wear like a suit. <laughs> what else are you going to wear? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's very good. But it feels I've only been to the chiropractor once, and that was for my back, and then he made it worse. Uh, but this is just like every week I just go in, and somebody stretches me out. It feels real good. I think I'd like that. 
you'd love it. And you'd love this location too because they play like uh they have a really good playlist. Today mm-hmm. was all of course all Usher because oh, of, the of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I think I need a good stretching of like my neck and my shoulders cuz that's where I carry most of my tension. Yeah, that's where we all carry most of our tensions, yeah. And it's real good to get that work done. Well, thanks for not making me feel special at all. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, the number one place where people carry their touches is the shoulders. All right, whatever. Anyway, did you watch the Grammys last week? I did not watch any of it. Um, no, I have no, not. I, I no have heard nothing. I, I, nothing. Nothing. I haven't watched. Um, I so I've read like I saw like news stories about it after the fact. Uh-huh. So like I saw something about like obviously Taylor Swift won I think the most Grammys or something. Yeah. And there was something with her and Celine. I think mm-hmm. when we talk about that and something with Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are the main things, right? Is there anything? Is well, there something about like Miley Cyrus's? I don't know. Miley Cyrus's outfit kept coming up oh, for God. some reason. And, so hot. Uh, oh. uh, I think that was it. Uh, you didn't watch the Tracy Chapman uh, performance? No. Oh my God, she came back to the stage after like 30 years uh, and she sang Fast Cars with uh, Fast Car with uh, Luke Combs, who is a country star. And I guess Luke Combs did a cover of Fast Car that like went viral a little while ago. And then so she came up and real, first of all, what a delight. She starts, as soon as she starts singing, the crowd goes crazy and the smile on her face, it's just angelic. Okay, I'm going to watch that tonight. So here's the thing. Um, I have, you don't know this, um, I have recently started listening to country music a Ooh. little bit. I'm not, I'm not proud of myself. And But it's just, you know, I just turn on a song that I know and then I just let the playlist do its thing. Mm-hmm. And that that cover came up recently, the Fast Cars, oh, the yeah. Fast Car cover. And I yeah. was all upset. I was like, wait, this is a Tracy Chapman song. I don't know if uh-huh. this should be a country song. But mm-hmm. if they performed it together, that means that he has her blessing. And I will watch the shit out of that. And he is like also so lovely singing with her. And you could just tell that he's just like really feels a very like lucky to be up there on stage with her. Like Aww. he's really admi- it's just like a beautiful performance. I'm thinking awesome. about it right now. It's making me emotional because that right. song that's a song that like makes every playlist for me. Mm-hmm. Every it's time it's one. on, you're just like, of course, it's just of course you, you never skip it. No, right. it's it's it just... the first song I learned on the guitar. Oh, also the, song. the first song I forgot on the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a song! Yeah. Um, she also had the other song in her second album that like really got. Um, it was popular. popular you gotta popular. be that. Is that her? Gotta be bit. No, no, that's not her. <laughs> Although that song is really good too. Yeah. No, she had a song. Um. Yeah. It was big. Uh, uh, give me one reason. Give me one oh, reason give me, to oh, stay oh, my, oh, my God. Yeah, that's another and one. That's turn so right back around. So good. Um, you know, the winter of 1995, the pop hits uh, from that, <laughs> from that stopped, winter. They, they should have stopped making music. That's they really should have. Yeah. <laughs> All you need is uh, the Alanis Morissette album. The uh-huh. Jewel album uh-huh. and uh, uh, One Sweet Day. That's all you need. You get through life. <laughs> that is it. That's it. Also, um, I listened to her album this week, like all week while I was working. I was listening mm-hmm. to Tracy Chapman's like first album. It's from 1988. And like all of the songs slap because they're all like the mm-hmm. message is amazing. One is called Do You Hear the Sound of Rebe- like a, of a Revolution or 
yeah, Whispers of a Revolution or something. There's another one called Behind the, These Walls. Like, the lyrics are like, I could call the cops, but they'll probably come late, if at all. Like, really? in 1988. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's Amazing. Almost as, it's almost as if black people <laughs> have had it rough the entire time. Who knew? It's almost as if we should be listening to them this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, boy. Um, so that was great. Um, the other thing about the Grammys that happens to me every year is I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. There's a gentleman, Never. his name is Jelly Roll. I do know who Jelly Roll is. <laughs> That's the because of course it's it's country. Oh! It's country, right? No, but I know his backstory. His backstory is very um it's very moving. Um, okay. because he started pretty late. His wife, he's very open about it. Him and his, his wife, they, his wife used to be a high-end escort. Oh. Um, and yeah, and they talk about that all the time. And he's just like, you know, who would have imagined, right? He was just like, I was just a regular guy. My wife was a high-end escort. And here we are at the Grammys and stuff. So just hearing, because I think it was a couple of years ago, maybe, um, he won Best New Artist. And he's oh, okay. like... And his speech, I don't think it was at the Grammys. I think it may have been at like the Country Music Awards. Okay. And his speech was basically about, he's like, you are you are watching a 39-year-old win Best New Artist. And what wow. that should tell you is that, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, whenever you want to start, whenever you want to go, just go. So it's really moving. Also, that guy's, like, that guy's really nice. Facial tattoos and a name called with je- Jelly Roll. Yeah. Like, yeah. amazing. Um, so I don't know anybody, uh, is something I learned, but I always come away with it listening to like new music, like Victoria Monet is a person who like, I only heard in passing, but the album is incredible. She has a line in one of her songs that says in her, in my bag, like a grandma with a peppermint. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Um, so that was great. But then, uh, yeah, so Jay-Z won like, a, you know, one of those like uh, whatever achievement, honorary Lifetime awards. achievement. Yeah. One of those. And when he was Icon. up there. Yeah. He he was up there and he said, you know, I I, uh, I appreciate this, but like, I don't want to. He said something like, I don't want to embarrass this young lady out there. But, you know, it is weird that people can win so many Grammys, but never win Artist of the Year. Like. I just mm-hmm. don't understand the math here. And it, obviously he's talking about his wife, Beyonce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he said that. And then he was like, he also said this stuff about like, you know, there's people who are out here who are going to, you're going to say, you're going to feel like you got robbed. Some people are actually going to get robbed. And some of you don't even deserve to be up here. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so good. And so. So that happened. And then, of course, later on at the end of the night, Taylor Swift wins Artist of the Year. She is now the person to win the most artist or album of the year, not Artist of the yeah. Year. The year. Mm-hmm. And that won most. She's won four now. And so she's like broken some sort of record. And so obviously the internet being as like, especially Swifties, just being the worst. Here's the thing I figured out about Taylor Swift that really pisses me off. It's I don't even think it's totally Taylor. It's her fans. They have made things insufferable. So everybody on the internet started being like, Jay-Z is throwing a temper tantrum because Taylor Swift won. I'm like, well, no, 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 no. Those two things have like mm-hmm. literally nothing to do with each other. You're taking a black man who we know is talking to a... Uh, an institution that only recently started even recognizing 
certain kinds of music. They only recently mm-hmm. started recognizing hip hop. He's up there and he's talking about the fact that there's obviously an issue here where your math is not mathing and we don't know the reason for why people win whatever awards they win because it seems yeah. like it's on a whim, right? And yeah. and I think it's there is some sort of a voting process here, but it's like we know that that systems like this are that have existed for a long time are likely built in a way that will always uh always support white supremacy so we like there there might be and i don't know like i don't know anything about their the voting or how it works or anything i don't understand anything about it but i think it makes sense that somebody like jay-z is going to use his time and his platform to be like hey thanks but there's still a problem here like thanks for giving me Mm -hmm. this but like your system is fucked i think so i don't you know obviously the thing is we live um in a place we live in a time where white supremacy obviously exists so there's a part of that in kind of every system you know in kind of every structure i think the issue with the grammys is probably the same issue with the oscars which is that you know uh what is that the recording like ria academy or something the academy right same thing with the uh with the oscars right so the members of the academy um, of both of these academies, I believe, are people that have been in the industry, right? Yeah. So if you look at the music industry, usually music is, the popular music is done by young people. Yeah. But those members of the academies have been there from like the 30s and the 40s and the 50s yeah. and the 60s yeah. and stuff like that, right? So the reason why popular music doesn't get um, noticed a lot, I think. Well, I mean, it's it's weird to say that, you know, at the same time that we're saying Taylor Swift has won four Album yeah. of the Year awards. But I think it is because there are older voters. There are older yeah. voters that don't listen to the music. And it's like, well, should you really have a vote? It's the same thing with the Academy Awards. Like, they'll vote for people that they know. They won't yeah. watch all the movies and stuff like that, right? So it's like, yeah. there should be some sort of test for this stuff because, Again, I think uh, Eminem talked about this. A lot of rappers have talked about this in the past. It's like the Grammys have like this grand party and they advertise these shows by talking about all the popular people, all the popular young people that are going to be there because they want to draw an audience. But when it comes time for the awards, they always give the awards to established people, to old people, things like that. Somebody like Beyonce, even though the fact that Beyonce doesn't have have an album of the year award is just stupid. Like that's yeah. just dumb mm-hmm. because she is, she is as established as any artist ever. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she doesn't, you know, that's where Jay-Z's complaint is very valid. It's yeah. because Beyonce could have just been a popular mu- uh, musician, but she also chose to have a message and she's not like afraid to talk about that message. She's very upfront about it. Right. Like, yeah. And that's what people just keep getting like, you know, surprised by for whatever reason. Yeah. And I think also the thing is that ultimately we know this is that a lot of pop culture, most of pop culture, and especially right now, is highly influenced by black culture. Like everything that is cool is is all black culture. Like it's it's all they they all come up with it's all come up with like black culture and then it becomes like packaged and whitewashed in a way where somebody a white person gets to carry it and make it their whole thing. And basically everything that 
has been popular honestly like anything that has been cool in the culture since like the 40s and the 50s started in america has started off as uh, as an african-american art form right yeah like mm-hmm. jazz rock and roll and then you know yeah. soul music and then so you see like like the rolling stones and the beatles you know people talk about them as the biggest rock and roll groups of all time and they are right yeah but if you listen to who they were influenced by they're all these old african-american blues singers and rockers yeah. and stuff like that right so yeah that's always been true elvis um, and- literally stole their whole shtick yeah. <laughs> he took the whole thing yes um like even boy bands in the 90s if you listen to the kind of music they're singing and the way that mm-hmm. they're crooning it is all taken from like boys to men and like r&b groups and yeah yeah so like so like you know remember new kids on the block that was yeah. the thing about new kids on the block right they were like this white group that got really really popular but um uh, it was black street i believe was the one before them right it was uh whitney houston's husband bobby brown yeah his group was around like a couple years before so basically Mm -hmm. what they do is they just take that formula they throw in some white kids on it Mm -hmm. and then that's it and then it just gets popular yeah um so that uh that happened and then of course that's not to say of course obviously there are some great white artists I I don't think white people need we don't need to me two brown people on a podcast that is casually listened to are not the ones that need to be giving flowers to white people okay have you heard the gambler by Kenny Rogers (laughs) (laughs) it's on my country playlist (laughs) (laughs) all right um anyway uh so Taylor Swift wins Artist of the Year. Very exciting. The person who is presenting the award mm-hmm. is, of course, our queen, our yep. diva, Celine forever. Dion. Number one. Right? Forever. Number one. Forever. Love her so much. So she came in. She, and of course, it was like a huge deal. Everybody was so excited because she's been really sick. And mm-hmm. I doubt that she's ever like, we don't think that she's ever going to perform again. And yeah. so it was a really big deal. She was up there. And so Taylor Swift, she wins artist uh, album of the year. She does her I'm so shocked, whatever, cutesy girl thing. <laughs> she goes up there and she just kind of like grabs the award from Celine and then says thank you to a whole bunch of other people. But she's not like, oh, my God, Celine Dion. Like she's not. It's all about like and it's just a very she fucked up. Right. Like she she obviously fucked that up. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back to, and of course the whole internet is like, does this bitch just fucking snub Celine Dion? <laughs> and so her people, because you know Taylor's got the best people. Yep. Publicity immediately on it. Like twenty minutes later, there's a picture of Taylor hugging Celine and from backstage that like is all over the internet, right? Just, just like, yep. and it's like when go. you see shit like that, you're like, how do you not understand how this machine works? Like, yep, how exactly. are you still denying that there is a machine, right? And. The funniest thing that came out of that was like the next morning, Monday morning, all these fucking Swifty TikTokers and Instagram and uh, Twitter accounts and stuff are like, you know, it's actually because Celine has an autoimmune disease and she's a hypochondriac. So that's why Taylor didn't hug her because she was actually worried about her. She wanted to get Taylor wanted to get Celine's consent. That's why she didn't hug her. It's like it's like there's all these like excuses. And here's the thing about Taylor Swift. Okay. If Taylor Swift leaned into being a full-on fucking villain, I think I would love her. But Mm -hmm. it is the fact that she acts like everybody's best friend that I'm like, I can't stand you. Like, that's the part about her that really bothers me because when she acts like she's everybody's best friend, she feeds into these, like, dummies who, like, worship this, like, beautiful 
beautiful white woman and they and then she capitalizes off it so like to some degree Mm -hmm. she's a genius for capitalizing off of this this way that they like infantilize her and then but she's also a monster for it but i'm like just lean into being the monster like i want you to lean into being a full villain instead of being like functioning in a way that's like you're still a 17 year old with a myspace account like i think that's what bothers me about her no so you know that's that's you know when taylor had her dip right when mm-hmm. she tried to just i guess be a full-on villain um with that reputation album um it didn't work because she yeah. really didn't put her heart into it right though that's the one thing like you know i like taylor swift's music which is an unfortunate fact that has been revealed many times on this podcast um but you know, she is 100% complicit in everything about her, in yeah. every single narrative about her, um, and because she just knows how to play the game. And I, I feel like Taylor Swift right now, she's bigger than she was in like, you know, like 2014, 2015. But totally. that's, that's, you know, as far as her reputation goes, like her, you know, big reputation, I think that's where... She is again. And what I think is probably going to happen that's going to make people feel, I don't know. I think I think people want to see her come down a little bit. Um, and I don't know what that is. The last time it was that Kim and Kanye thing, right? That was a thing that yeah. kind of motivated the, the fall. And then she built herself back up again. And that's when I got on the train, back on the train. When <laughs> Choo-choo. Right? Choo-choo. Um, but like... <laughs> You know, the, the I was watching, um, what was I watching recently? Uh, it's, I, I was thinking, so like in 2022, mm-hmm. um, she did SNL. She was a mm-hmm. musical guest on SNL. And she did the 10 minute version of that song, All Too yeah. Well, right? The yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal song. Yeah. And in the background, she was showing the video that she directed that was yeah. very clearly about Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah. And in that moment, you're like, well, this is the most Taylor Swift moment of all time, right? Yeah. It's like she is on the SNL Christmas show. She yeah. gave herself 10 minutes. She yeah. publicly displayed this whole story that yeah. you know is going to generate a lot of conversation on Twitter, yep. right? She's going to, she does all this stuff. And the most important part is the song and the performance is amazing because yeah. at the end of the day, she is a very talented person, right? So I think that's who Taylor Swift is. Completely complicit, not a normal person at all. No. And that's what she needs to lean into. She just just be like, I am not a normal person. I am either better than you or, you know, this is just how I live my life. But I don't know how she does that. How do you how do you do that if you are in her position? Like, are you rude to people? What do you I don't know, because like the thing is that she also is like, I think she is kind of like a weirdo. Like she is a weirdo because Mm -hmm. so she announced a new album. It's going to it's going to be called real. You saw the name of the album. I have not. It's the tortured poets department. Oh, come on. (laughs) Taylor, I'm trying. Okay, so here's the other part. Uh, you know, Vanity Fair or Vogue or whatever does this like artist on artist thing where like they sit and they like mm-hmm. interview each other. So uh, Andrew Scott, I think is her name, the guy, his name, the guy from Fleabag, mm-hmm. him and Paul Mescal were recently in a movie together. And uh, Joe Alwyn, who is Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend, were also mm-hmm. together in a movie and they're all like Scottish or UK actors, right? So in a in that like what is this what is this like asking each other questions of like the play they're playing like a version of the newlywed game but it's just Paul Mescal and and Andrew Scott 
And, and, and uh, the question is, what is the name of the group chat that Paul is in with uh, Joe Alvin, right? Okay. And Andrew Scott goes, oh, yeah, it's the Tortured Guys Club. Oh, my God. And like, and this is a passing clip, literally a, a passing clip. And even in, in the video, they're in the clip. They're like, it has like four messages. Like, they're laughing about it. They're like, it's literally nothing, right? But like six weeks later, this bitch <laughs> announces during the Grammys that she's going to make a new album called The Tortured Poets Department. And it's like, it's so, it's like, it's psycho. Like, it's so weird, but it's almost like, like, so you are that person. You are this petty psychopath, right? But you 100% are also- 100% online all the time. A deeply online person. And as a chronically online person myself, who is also mm-hmm. very petty and spiteful and vindictive, I kind of respect it. Like, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're leaning into how crazy you are, right? But then- like her whole thing is also like bubble gums and rainbows and friendship bracelets at her concerts. And it's mm-hmm. like, and, and I saw this, so I saw this tweet and I thought it was so good. It's by Lovey Jones, uh, a black author. And she said this, and I feel like this like really nailed it for me. It was the infantilizing that people do with Taylor Swift is fascinating to me. Every time we lobby a critique, folks act like someone is bullying a defenseless 14 year old. Taylor is 34 grown years old. She is treated like a Disney princess, a damsel in distress. And that in in itself is a privilege. Very few women are afforded. I think Taylor is a genius because she plays into this and it allows her to be protected beyond it's intentional. It's strategic. It's part of her brand identity and, and she revels in it. It's why every time she wins an award, she gets on stage and acts like she just got surprised with her favorite doll at Christmas. We talk Mm -hmm. about systems upholded by patriarchy, but weaponized femininity is a thing. And Taylor is the matron saint like that nails it. I think that is like the that is that's it. Now, weaponized femininity. Right. By by the way, that's (laughs) that's an incredible tweet. Right. Yeah. But now I'm thinking about, well, weaponized femininity is that something that somebody like me can uh comment on right because now i'm thinking of like okay so you know there's this whole like maga versus taylor swift thing going on right now well i here's the thing i could hate taylor swift but i would love anybody who is Uh anti-maga like anybody who ruffles a maga feather i'm like yeah they're fine who cares exactly yeah it's like you know i can i you can have two different um conversations at the same time right like i think if you put up taylor swift in the realm of uh celebrity pop culture and all those things there's a very easy case to make for her to be a villain you know yeah that's uh, somebody that is very manipulative and all that stuff right in the grander scheme like in actual culture you know somebody that that using all of her infantilizing using all of like the hero worship that she does if she actually uses that for good then it's like you know that's a good person then for me right yeah. overall it's a good person it's like I, Lance but, Armstrong. I, but i are no. uh, but i argue <laughs> that i argue that i don't know how much good she's really using it for right like i i think again like i of always course. say this yeah. like she has the power in her hands to change a lot of people's views about things like you know she took a stance like this was like five six years ago when she decided to do like come out in full support of the lgbtq community and she Mm -hmm. put um uh like she had a very like queer centered song that came out during pride right i think that was like great but it's like and that likely changed a lot of the people who listened to her their minds about things if not to completely 
be supportive of the LGBT community, but at least not hateful of, of, of them, right? Mm-hmm. Or like it shifted the needle just slightly. And I think that she has this power because she does, she is the patron saint of like this weaponized femininity that specifically white women get to use against Mm -hmm. everyone. And I think that she has the power to do so many things. Like, you know, we were talking about like last week when we talked to Tom and kicks about like all these things that happen where Taylor Swift does stuff and then it becomes popular because she's doing it, but it actually came from a culture typically from like black culture. And she never takes the minute to say, no, actually let's give credit where credit is due. Trav, uh, tra- uh, what's his name? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. There was like that that interview of him saying, "I did not come up with the fade, and why? How dare you guys put that on me on the first week of Black History Month?" Like yeah. he was so funny about it, right? But Taylor, for somebody who is so chronically online, who is so in in the know about everything everybody is saying, never takes a minute to like do that. And I think if she did. Then I could be like, okay, I can see her being everybody's best friend, but she doesn't no. do that, and she does, yeah. and then she also capitalizes on it, and it's just that's the stuff that bothers me. Yeah, it, I think basically what it comes down to is like, in certain instances, she just pretends like she is above having to comment on things, right? Yeah. All the while, she uses her albums and her videos and kind of everything else about her image to make people feel like. No, I'm just I I am not above anything. I am one of you. Yeah. I'm one of you. We're all just singing this song. I sure I wrote it, but really this song could be about any of us. Yeah. Absolutely. It's totally so, about yeah. you actually. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I can understand why that's annoying. But finally, the, the, I think the final thing and I'm sorry, I'm sorry if this is going to upset you. <laughs> one thing we have to recognize is she is an incredible songwriter and an artist. Like her songs are amazing. They are. They're- they're fun yeah yeah okay i wouldn't say every one of her songs is amazing of course not but she has like the fact that she's won four albums but listen folklore i will i will i will be i will be dead in the ground okay (laughs) and i will still be listening to folklore i'll I'll play it at your funeral perfect song perfect album for my funeral okay exactly i like looked up the background of great uh last great american dynasty it's fucking genius have you guys ever looked it up She's singing a song about a woman that lives in the house that she lives in now. And the woman that used to live in, I'm like losing it. The woman that used to live in the house was critiqued for being too loud and having too many parties and being like a person who was like a social climber, which is like Mm -hmm. essentially what she's been. Guys, just it's it's amazing. So there's that part of it. Right. It's just I think because she is so available in a way where she she acts like she's a normie. I'm like, don't don't. And because, uh, you know, when you talk about Taylor Swift now. I think her songs and her music, well, I guess it depends, right? I don't think they're the number one things that people think of. They think of the persona. They think yeah. about Travis Kelsey. They think about, or they think about MAGA, or they think about, you know, yeah. Beyonce had the best video of all time. They they think about all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The music. Yeah. 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 And by the way, guys, Kanye West is still wrong. Like, yeah. let's just say, none of this validates anything Kanye did. Kanye is still a batshit crazy racist and we should not be yes. giving him any of our attention. Okay, so the Super Bowl is tomorrow. We are recording yes. this on a Saturday night. Many of our uh, listeners are listening mm-hmm. to it right now. Maybe they're working out on a Sunday morning. Yeah. They're getting excited. By the way, so many Niners fans listen to this. Are there really? That's yes. Awesome. I've got bang, many, bang, many, 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 many bang bang Niner gang 
Okay. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> BVNG. Okay. Very exciting. Fake, but okay. <laughs> bang, bang, nunner gang. I just did I it. Know, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting. Um, are you nervous? You know, um, it's the day before the game. It's been two weeks. I've obviously had a lot to think about. Um, at you this got your butthole right now, stretched today. <laughs> I got my butthole stretched today. I'm loose. I'm agile. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, I have obviously once your team makes it to the Super Bowl, you have lots of thoughts. Um, and then there's two weeks, right? So as a fan, I feel like I have done all the work. I have watched all the I've watched all the videos, I've watched all the background videos, all the mic'd up videos. I've watched a football lives of Jerry Rice and Steve Young. I've watched history videos of Bill Walsh. Yeah, yeah I've done. I feel like I have done all that I need to as a fan. <laughs> so, you know, at this point, you're nervous, obviously, but you're also excited. You just want to get to the game. So I'm just I am cautiously optimistic. Um, the 49ers are favored in the game. But everybody mm-hmm. is picking the Chiefs, and they're picking the Chiefs for obvious reasons, right? Because it is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and they've won two, and they're really good. They're yeah, they shouldn't be this good, but they keep being good, right? So a lot of people are picking the Chiefs. Um, the storyline is gonna turn into like the greatness of Patrick Mahomes versus my my baby boy, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a narrative right now, and um, as a 49ers fan and as a Brock Purdy fan. I love the kid. Like, I love him so much. Um, because all he's done, like, think about it. I don't understand why people don't like him. Like, just hear the no, story. I don't, no, no, I don't think he, people, does, do people dislike him? Why would anybody people, dislike him? People dis, People call him a game manager? Because so ah. the 49ers have a lot of weapons, right? So they have Christian McCaffrey. They have uh, Brandon Ayuk. They have Debo Samuels, uh, George Kittle. They have lots of talented players, right? Mm-hmm. So... The thing about Brock Purdy that they say is, and you could plug in any quarterback into that system and they would be successful. Like, so you don't yeah. need to be that good. But if you think about this kid, all he did was he was the last pick in the draft. He made it to the team. He took over when the first two quarterbacks went down last year. He won every single game that he played in until he was savagely injured by the Eagles in that playoff game. Okay. And he had to get surgery. And then he came back this year, and he led the team to the Super Bowl. Like, how do you not root for that? Story? And he's still right. teething. So, like, and that's... he's still teething. <laughs> exactly. I watched. Yeah, go ahead. No. no, no. Have you seen all the Taylor Swift 13 stuff about the Super Bowl? <laughs> no. Like, so people are like, you know, Taylor, it's a, it, Taylor Swift's favorite number is 13. Uh, uh-huh. The 49ers, 4 plus 9 is 13. Oh, the my game God. Is on, the game is on 211. 2 plus 11 is 13. <laughs> 100 minus 13 is 87, <laughs> which is Travis Kelsey's number. Uh, Taylor Swift has to take a flight from Tokyo to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. 13 hours. Oh my. Uh, this will be the this will be the 13th game this this season that she's going to attend all this stuff. The thing that they forget to mention is Brock Purdy's number 13. Oh, also, wow. he looks like a 13-year-old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
I watched this uh, clip that one of our listeners sent. And you know those like uh, amazing clips of like uh, football players and what they're dressed in, like leading up to mm-hmm. the games and stuff. Yeah. And so have the this thing. The, yeah, the fit. And it's like amazing fits, like super cool, like nothing I could ever imagine putting together, like all these mm-hmm. players. So cooler than cool, cooler than cool, everything. And then the very last person to walk through the title is Brock Purdy. And he's just like yeah. in khakis and like a yeah. polo. <laughs> <laughs> so... What they say about Brock Purdy's fit is that he looks like he shops at Kohl's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He it's probably is. What's not to love? What's not to love? Um, well, I'm excited for you. Thanks, buddy. That really means a lot to me. Um, I am obviously rooting for them. I know. Thank you. I know. And uh, my kids' school, they did a soup herbal event uh, at the school for the last two weeks, which is where uh-huh. the kids uh, donate soup cans and they get to put it into a chief's bucket or a 49ers bucket Ooh. and my kids obviously did put it into the 49ers bucket yes but unfortunately there are more chief soups of course of course a lot of people are picking the chiefs and i get that and i am okay being in that position i'm okay. fine um you know i'm cautiously you know if it uh <laughs> if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen yeah, the fact that i've waited 29 years and this is my favorite sports franchise of all time and I've i think you gotta them. relax with that nobody cares that you've waited it's starting to feel personal <laughs> they won like five months before we came we before we moved here and they've never won since oh wow oh i didn't know that i didn't know that they won the super bowl that year yeah they won in 95 and then you came maybe you're the reason maybe that's what i'm saying it's starting to feel personal yeah (laughs) what's the tracy chapman song that we just no the other one give me one reason to stay here (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, anyway um you want to talk about traitors the traitors what a show man it's It's so good every time okay as soon as it opened and we found out that Peter did not take the recruitment, the mm-hmm. gasp that I gusped. Oh, my God. Yeah. Were you surprised? You were expecting that? him to take it? No, I, I knew that he wasn't going to take it. I I've... Like the role that he's playing on this show. No, he's so self-righteous. I hate him for it. Like, you, you know what? Honestly, that's what you would do. You know, I one thing I turned on Peter for this week and I had to, you know, find something. His necklace, his <laughs> necklace, and how he prominently displays it. I don't know what the necklace is. It's starting to bother me. I don't know. But he is. He is a little too self righteous. Apparently, when on his season of The Bachelor, he fucked somebody four times in a windmill. What? <laughs> Pilot Pete, really? <laughs> yes. In a like, windmill. In a windmill. I didn't know that. There was, four times. I mean, four times. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like four different outings, right? It's one outing. No, I don't know. Oh, Apparently, I don't know. They, that's, I know that's what the, the internet said. I was like, all right, good for you, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I was shocked, but I like this Peter versus Parvati um, matchup. I feel like I also feel some sexual tension there. I'm like, can oh, you just kiss? Parvati is just like, oh my god, I hate Peter. I can't get rid of Peter. Peter, and then she's like, I want Peter part of my team. Um, unfortunately for her, Peter only has eyes for Bergie. No. Peter, uh, he's just like, I couldn't, I couldn't do that to Bergie. And I get it. 
<laughs> you would not. Poor Kevin. I bet Kevin thought he was going to be the one yeah. that he couldn't do it to. Because remember, yeah. like the first episode, Peter and Kevin were like, let's just pretend like we hate each other. And they were uh-huh. like, okay. And then they voted for each other at the round table. And everybody was like, all right, whatever. This is, <laughs> this is weird. Um, I bet Kevin thinks that he's Peter's best friend. But Peter's yeah. best friend is actually Bergie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, they all come to breakfast, and Peter does not tell anybody that he was recruited yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he has his gathering, his Peter Pals meeting, as mm-hmm. Phaedra calls it. And I don't like it. I don't like the Peter Pell meetings. What do you like? Do you like it's too much? It's it's too much, and they're too small. I think they can start to go out and try to recruit some more people, right? Yeah. Like, it why feels- isn't Sandra in there? Mm-hmm, exactly and then Sandra, or the housewives or the housewives or like even mj what did mj do MJ, or Kate. yeah exactly like Kate, yeah. But mj tries she waddles over there she stands in the doorway <laughs> MJ, you know i'm not one, i'm not a fashionista by any means but mj's jeans amazing they were like almost like janko jeans and she's like waddles first and then she slowly backs away and then she runs down the hallway <laughs> uh, do you know MJ is we know what show she's from yeah the Shaz right the Shaz yeah Shaz Sunset. Sunset. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched a couple of those seasons. Yeah, oh she's very Persian, entertaining Persian sister Mercedes Javid is yeah. her name um, Sandra though coming in hot with the the billiards the little <laughs> billiards the it was yeah. so good Kate was like this is the best thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life and I was like, this is so good. And she's just, she really knows how to, you know, play the game. She really does. Um, and uh, two things. Number one, I feel like Kate is like an audience member. She's like, yeah. it's <laughs> so much fun. She laughs at all the ridiculous stuff. I'm, I just have such a great time with Kate. Um, but the second thing is like, you know, that billiard, like she's like lining them up and it looks amazing. And also, But at the end of the day, isn't it just, okay, they have five people and we have seven people. <laughs> And we outnumber them. And she's doing like a whole thing. She's like, loved every minute of it. I know, but it's also that goes to show how dumb everybody is. Because yeah. you know, Charade the whole time is like, I don't know what is happening on this show. She has no idea. So poor Sandra does have to like lay it out with her. And I like mm-hmm. that CT is just hanging out with the housewives. Yeah. By the way, CT, I, I don't know if you, I'm sure you have to talk. Oh, we're going to get to it. CT and Phaedra. Oh my God. Uh, America's sweethearts. They're my favorite couple. Move over, Taylor and Travis. Just, no. So nice. I know. So, yeah, so now it's the leftovers versus the most faithful of the faithful. They get in their mission. Mm-hmm. Sandra again cracked me up because he's like, put on your boots. We're going to the woods. And Sandra's like, oh, we got to run around in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> And then and, and when um, Alan is like, this forest is full of traps. And Sheree goes, traps? <laughs> <laughs> so they're picking teams. And then CT looks at Phaedra and he goes, how you doing? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I would have fainted. CT is the best. This is a, a, a we'll get to when you, we get to like the round table part. It reminded mm-hmm. me. It reminded me of a CT thing from like 20 years ago. And I was like, oh, there it? you are. I what love you. It? What is it? No. So, you know, I, I wanna, we'll, we'll get to we'll it. Go in order. We'll get yeah, to yeah. it. So one of our listeners did tell me to look this thing up. And she says that every now and then she looks it up. And I want you to Google it later, too, because I just think it's so funny. Have you heard of the CT banana backpack? 
Oh, I have. I remember that. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. He went full ape. It's incredible. Like, I'm like, he's like a Greek god. Yeah. If you don't, if amazing. you don't know what it is, during a challenge, during the challenge, they have a challenge where they're both strapped onto each other's backs, like a like, and they have to basically, it's like tug of war but backwards, and they have mm-hmm. to get to one side. And so, CT versus Johnny Bananas, and this man carries johnny bananas on his back like a backpack but the way he is grunting and stomping i was like i like i hate how attracted i am to this obviously toxic man like it's so hot it's incredible it's so so, and the best part is like you see johnny bananas just kicking out his legs (laughs) just helpless he can't do anything he's trying to like get out of it can't do anything (laughs) so good uh um so they play this game, and at some point, and Alan says something about, like, you know, you'll only be left with your dignity or something like that. And Kate mm-hmm. goes, I'm losing more every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, at the end, they all, these traps were wild. If these I, traps were wild. Oh, uh, yeah. I will say, you know that first question when they ask him the name of the forest? Yeah. Um, it reminded me of like Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can never tell them apart. No, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I the mud was fine, but if I got pulled up in those traps, mm-hmm. I would have been like, "Send, I'm going home." Like I yeah. would refuse to film any longer. You could you could tell Phaedra was talking to the producers. She was like, "I'm done. Get me done." Yeah, I'm she done. was like, "All right, let's it now. Let's yep. get me down." Um, but the, the mission ends and it's shields for Kevin and Sandra. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the way that Peter and Trishel think they're so good because they lost immediately. Yeah. Fuck those guys. I think I'm turning on Peter. First the necklace. No, <laughs> so back at the castle, again, CT is being adorable as hell. They just cut to him walking around the house in armor that he found. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> But he does tell Peter that he's up for banishment, his name's being uh, called, and mm-hmm. then Peter's, like, annoying because he's doing the thing where he's pulling people aside and having conversation. And I think Phaedra played, played this so well to be like, I'm not getting involved in any of these side conversations. You're not going to see me having any side conversations with anybody. We're not wielding and dealing. But when Parvati and Peter were together in that room, I was like, if you two just kissed, I just feel fuck. like... Just do it. it. Just do it. Just do it. There's so much sexual tension between them. Um, but this is when Alan drops a twist. There's going to be a meeting in the river with the woods. There's not going to be a banishment at the round table. They're going to go in a circle, and then they're going to get to save a bunch of people, starting with Kevin and Sandra are going to get to pick one person to save, and then that person is going to save another. And at the mm-hmm. end, it will lead with five people not being saved. And, you know, we talked about um, weaponizing femininity. Uh-huh. And that fucking Trishel, I swear to God. I hate her so much. I hate her. She, she, it feels like the game means too much to her. I don't know what the hell's going on with her. She's like begging, like, she's like, she literally thinks it's her life. Yeah. She's like, I can't go to sleep. The yeah. stress. Like, okay, also, by the way, they're doing a mission every single day. So Mm -hmm. I think that they're there for like 10 days. Relax, Trishel. It's not that serious. 
but she's begging it's and n- yeah 92,500 on the line Trisha, relax. <laughs> not even that much money you could literally get that money with like one like poop tea ad on your instagram or whatever <laughs> exactly. like it's not that serious um but CT does not pick Trishel. And I was like, why would he pick you, Trishel? You don't even talk to him. You're mm-hmm. you're in Peter's pals with John yep. and Kevin and whatever and Bergie. Like, you're not even including CT in those conversations. So why would CT pick you? And then she's like, I thought we were turning a leaf. And mm-hmm. I thought that we're he was like a brother to me. I'm like, fuck off with your yeah. tears, lady. So that's the thing. That's the thing that reminded me of CT 20 years ago. So one of the challenges he was on with one of his cast members from Paris. I don't know. It was like the white lady. I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And at some point he was, because they were on the same team. And it was, I think that season you had to send somebody to the gauntlet. Yeah. So at some point I remember him sitting on the ca- on the couch and he just goes, yeah, we're just going to send you to the gauntlet. <laughs> lady was awesome. I do know that clip. Yeah. I know that clip so well because he also says gauntlet in like a really gauntlet. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, gauntlet. yeah we're sending you to the gauntlet. Um, and that's what I was thinking about this time because Trishel's like breaking apart. She's just like, she can't take it. And he's just like, yeah, well, let's play the game. I don't get it. <laughs> so true. Because she is sobbing when they get back to the castle. Yeah. There's, there's the people left on the block are Trishel, MJ, Kate, Bergie, and Parvati. Um, Parvati's a little butt hurt, hurt that Phaedra didn't save her. Phaedra gets mm-hmm. emotional. She okay. saves her castle daddy. CT is so like, sweet. okay, CT's like, if she wants to light my fire, that's fine. And I was like, oh, I'll light your fire, CT. <laughs> People on the internet are confused about why everybody thinks CT is so hot, but I think it's because they only know CT from the show. They don't know like 30 years of us just like, just this hot, like Neanderthal. Yeah, but like, I think this CT is probably hotter than the Neanderthal. Because well, we're to old. Me. Well, to we're me. old. You want to talk about jowls? CT's got jowls. That's fine. But first of all, the eyes are still piercing. So oh, so you piercing. can look at the jowls all you want to, right? I think he's got juicy lips too. But it's just, <laughs> he does. He just, he's very relaxed in his body. I think that's the reason why people find him so appealing. Like he is just very relaxed with who he is. He He's emotional when he's emotional, but he's yeah. just himself. I think that's the thing that's so attractive about him. Also, I think like CT, the size of the man that he is would make mm-hmm. you feel like a little baby. Yeah, and like, and like and a CT I, cuddle <laughs> just sounds amazing. Like as I say to my husband all the time, I'm an independent woman, but I'm also the baby. Like <laughs> I want to be, don't tell me what to do. Don't ever tell me what to do. Don't ever think that I can't handle myself, but also be constantly worried about me. Yeah. So, and this is why Taylor Swift is the way that she is. <laughs> because this is women. Uh, um, so at the turret, it's Phaedra and Parvati. And Phaedra gives Parvati some very good advice, which is like, yeah. you're just not fucking likable, dude. You're not very good. First of all, yeah, you're not very good. Nobody is buying it. Just Mm-mm. whatever. Both times. In the beginning of the episode also, she's like, yeah, you're going to your last meal. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's a lot of talk that the producers have, because everybody's obviously figured out that it's Parvati and Phaedra, the producers feel, and because Peter didn't take the bait, the producers pulled this last like little thing together mm-hmm. last minute so that they could like create some chaos because Peter gets Ex- saved. Yeah. You think so? Well, 
I think they are now that Dan is out. Yeah. You know, I think Parvati being out is very obvious. Yeah. Um, and it feels like they just need to extend the season somehow. Yeah. Like at the round table, I think Parvati probably would have been voted out or maybe Peter would have been. I don't know. Yeah. And it's possible that like, I don't know. I feel like so they're going to either murder Trishel or MJ. I feel like it's going to end up being. Who do you think it's going to be? I hope it's not MJ. I hope it's Trishel. I know. If it's Trishel, who cares? She sucks. Like, I think it should be Trishel because we got to get somebody out from that group. Mm -hmm. And I think to Phaedra's point, it's like, okay, well, like Phaedra was already part of, you know, the the ball, the balls, the billiards balls. Think about it. What was your favorite part of this episode? (laughs) I think MJ's pants were (laughs) amazing. It was just really the parts of it that were really funny. Um, uh, There was a cutaway scene. I also know when they're pretending to. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. There's also when Trishel is like crying to um, CT and she's like, Uh I don't understand. It just feels like you don't think I'm smart. I'm not smarter than John and things like that. And CT (laughs) just goes, Yeah, you know, I mean, that stuff may come up in the game. funny um there's a cutaway scene you know like the fake scenes of them sleeping there's a scene yeah. of bergy with, the- <laughs> with the teddy bear <laughs> now listen to me guys bergy apparently has a super hot girlfriend okay that makes sense he's on tv okay but i am convinced that bergy is built like a ken doll like i don't think he has genitals you don't think you think he's aerodynamic <laughs> <laughs> Him and Tom Cruise, no yep. genitals, like just like a sweet. He's a baby girl, as they say. That's a baby girl. Um, you don't know what that means, anyway. Uh, any other thoughts, Rio? No, uh, on the traitors. Yeah, nothing. I just really liked Alan's hat. Also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it looked well, like a scully, but it wasn't. Well, it last week. Yeah, last week we didn't talk about this, but Alan had this one outfit on with like a blue hat and then he had like bangs sticking out the front. Uh-huh. He looked like Adventures of Tintin. He looked so cute. Oh, the outfits. They're all so uh, amazing. They're so good. Sure. All right. Well, Rahil, good luck to you tomorrow. I hope Thank you. your butthole stays loose. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I hope that it's fun. I hope it's fun. At the, you know what? At the end, I hope everybody has fun on the field. It doesn't matter who wins or loses as long as everybody has a good time. You know, being a 40-year-old, I do realize that, yes, that is the nice, that is the practical approach. That is the approach that I should be taking. Again, the 49ers have never given me anything. They have never paid me in any way. In fact, I have spent a lot of money to support the 49ers. Um, there have been players that have changed. I'm basically like they say, I'm rooting for laundry. I get all of that stuff. Yeah. And there's a part of me that just says, well, you know, it's, yeah. it, it'll be fine. Nothing will change. But, um, I don't know, man, I, I'm really, really, I'm really excited for this one. I'm, I'm really hoping it happens. I got, I, as I told you, I got a t-shirt. It says yeah. talk pretty to me. I got so a good. couple, a couple of sweatshirts. I'm ready to go. I'm all excited. Right. Very excited, excited for you. But yeah, just Thanks. listen. Win or lose, 
as long as everybody has a good time. Like, who cares? I'm just kidding. When the when the Eagles won, it was one mm-hmm. of the best days of my life, and I've only barely liked them for like a little bit. So and I get when it. the Eagles when the Eagles won, that was one of the best days of my life. Also, I love. Oh well, yeah. well then I hope tomorrow it's another best day of your life. <laughs> BBNG, okay. <laughs>